Hello world. Welcome back to the best episode, the Friday episode. So Matt, how's it going? It is going great, Donna, because you mentioned it's Friday. Exactly. Um, so we hear you have some big news about Azure Functions. Tell us, tell us what's the deal. We do. I mean, it has been a huge week for Azure Functions. And um, one of the reasons why is because Azure Functions has announced Python support for durable functions. So let me get into this just a little bit. First, mm -hmm. Python's a huge, huge up and coming language. I'm not gonna even say it's up and coming because it is there already. But um, yeah. so it's, yeah, totally there. And it's like a, it's a higher level language because it's easy to use, but super important for like data scientists and just mm -hmm. for people getting started with it. So Python appeals just a ton of people. And mm -hmm. for durable functions, what that does is if you're down in a serverless space, or like Azure Functions, is what Functions does is that it, it's great for what I'll call fire and forget. It's super easy that you call a function, it works, and then it's done. You know, it, it does one thing and doesn't do anything else. So it's stateless. But what Durable Functions does is that it gives you the ability to add state to your function. So you call it and then it remembers what you did and you can call another one. So you can kind of chain these functions together. Yeah. So we had durable function support for .NET and JavaScript, and now we have it for Python. I love that, so, that is so cool. Yeah, isn't it? So it's mm -hmm. great. So now we're, we're expanding to the world for everybody. And, mm -hmm. um, and now we also, another I mentioned it was a big week for Azure Functions, and now we also have .NET 5 support in mm -hmm. Azure Functions, which me being a .NET developer, super excited mm -hmm. about. And uh, I'm going to get kind of nerdy here, is that Functions have also um, announced that they have isolated .NET runtime support too, meaning that you can run on .NET 5 or you know bring it back down to .NET mm -hmm. Core 3.1. It doesn't matter. You're not tied to the runtime engine underneath. I think it is cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, and also, I think it's inclusive. Latest, right? It's it's just more inclusive. It's saying yeah. like you don't have to have to graduate to the latest and greatest thing. You can actually continue to use whatever you're you're used to using and what you have been using. So I am that's, of course a high user because I'm like that. But I appreciate all of you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're not. We're not pushing you into using the latest and greatest, just in case you're not ready to ready to update yet. And mm -hmm. um, you're also Node.js 14 support as well. So it's mm -hmm. like we're all the greatest things, you know, here we go. Mm -hmm. You, you want to update, you want to use the latest and greatest mm -hmm. Azure functions, here we go. And that's a big week, Donna. I mean, Python, durable function support, latest and greatest Node.js, latest and greatest yeah. .NET, all in yes. one, all in one week. Donna, there has been a team that has been very busy. Very <laughs> it's busy. been the Azure functions. Very team. busy, yeah. We're yeah, like, dear all, all of the creators of these things, thank you because now the audience can go and geek out all weekend. And mm -hmm. I, I love big nerd weeks like this because it, there's just this sense of energy. And you know, after Ignite, we're like, all right, now what's next? Are we getting ready for build? Like, who's ready for build? I am ready for build. So I love all yeah. these like pre-announcements before build. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of yeah. pre-announcements, I have a thing coming up in the month of April. I will be hosting a series with the reactor, the Microsoft reactor called Accessibility April's Pound Include accessibility. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's not an object-oriented dev is like, what is that? I'm like, oh, come on, please. Um, so pound include accessibility. And I would love stories from our disabled and neurodivergent friends out there on your best productivity hacks, because we could really, really 
use your knowledge so we can learn from it. I actually love your productivity hacks because they work better for me than anyone else's productivity hacks. So please ping me on Twitter at my um, on my Twitter handle at Donna Sarkar, and I'd love to get you signed up to appear. All right, we've got a jam-packed agenda, so of course we have to get to it. First up, we've got our amazing Betsy Weber talking to our incredible MVP, Adam Wisniewski from Chicago, who's built like a lot of HoloLens apps. I think it's like 50 HoloLens apps. He's awesome. Then Matt and Scott Stanfield are of course gonna blow something up because it's a Friday. And then the amazing Chloe Condon is mm -hmm. gonna bring one of our student ambassadors on to talk to you all about the ambassador program, Imagine Cup and the good stuff. And then I believe Matt and Diego are gonna tell us something inspirational to start the weekend. And they've got a weird prop this week. All right, I think it's time to uh, call you Betsy. Betsy. Are I am. Hello, world. My guest today is an MVP from Chicago who has developed over 30 Microsoft HoloLens applications. Welcome, Adam. Hi, Betsy. Thanks Hi, for having me. I'm so glad you're here. So Adam, you were first awarded the MVP award in 2019. How did you become an MVP? It was interesting, Betsy. My pathway to an MVP uh, is probably more of a non-traditional path. Um, I have quite a few people that I know that, that have been MVPs for years in cloud and in other areas. And it, it was really when the Microsoft HoloLens came out that I really took more of a deep dive in a very, very specific uh, area of uh, development, and that was HoloLens. Um, it was extremely exciting for me to build uh, mixed reality applications and work with different depth sensing technology, et cetera. So um, the HoloLens really gave me uh, almost a renewed passion in development. I've been a developer for uh, for over a dozen, dozen years, and uh, here comes this new device that kind of reignited excitement about building different experiences. That's great. So you are always on the cutting edge of techne uh, technology. How do you continue to learn and to stay on top of all that new tech? Yeah, so it's interesting. I definitely leverage a lot of the knowledge of my peer group uh, among different MVPs. Um, a few years ago, uh, I got much deeper into to Xamarin, for example. Um, and it was an area that I was able to kind of reach out to, to different um, experts in and really get more knowledge and be able to, to contribute to the community more and, and then get to a place where, where now I'm kind of helping to uh, uh, promote um, not only the, uh, the, the framework, but also help evangelize it for, uh, for different mobile developers. So the pandemic has created new challenges to keep our workplaces safe. What are you working on around this challenge? So, you know, COVID has, has affected so many people around the world. And uh, in the spring of last year, uh, I joined forces with a couple of people to, to begin working on a project called Distant Together AI. And it actually leverages uh, Microsoft's Azure Connect device, uh, which I actually have here. Uh, many of you are familiar with uh, the artificial intelligent driven uh, depth sensing camera that allows you to um, gain new perspectives um, and feed them into uh, the lens and build different machine learning applications, et cetera. Um, so we were able to use this device uh, to set up in large atriums in different buildings uh, to help detect uh, masks and uh, social distance adherence. 
So it was one of those passion projects that I really had a chance to sink my teeth into. And of course, had a little bit more extra time with being, being at home more as opposed to commuting, et cetera. So um, it's certainly something that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, unfortunately, I, I lost uh, my aunt uh, last spring to COVID, uh, right actually in the middle of the project. So um, there was a whole different reason why I was doing it in addition just to, to, to be creative and, and develop uh, some cool technology. I'm so sorry to hear about your, your aunt, Adam. Um, I appreciate you making the world safer. Uh, now, when it comes to working with your community, what are you doing to make your community better? So it, one of the things that I love about the MVP community is there is not one person that I've emailed or reached out to uh, in, in social media that hasn't responded um, with some type of positive affirmation or um, offering a helping hand. Uh, and that's really what the community is all about. Um, everyone uplifting each other, sharing knowledge, and, and really being a great conduit for um, learning new capabilities and growing and expanding. Um, one of the things that I've um, focused on contributing is really being a, a net giver to the community that I live in, which is Chicago. Um, quite a few uh, times uh, we, we've held um, not only uh, our HoloLens meetup group, which, which takes place on a monthly basis, but also um, making sure that we have local schools that can visit uh, an immersive learning lab that uh, my company EX3 Labs has uh, at the Merchandise Mart right in the center of Chicago's downtown. Um, so we, we often have uh, kids that can come in and um, uh, try on these different devices, especially in uh, uh, um, uh, underrepresented communities, which I think it's really, really important that we give back. So those are the two big things on the community side, the Chicago HoloLens Meetup Group and the Immersive Learning Lab Mission, which is we, we help uh, underrepresented communities have better access to, to technology. I love it, Adam. Thank you so much for making the community better. And with that, I'll pass it back to Matt. Wow, thank you so much, Betsy and Adam. And Adam, that's amazing work that you're doing. And now that I know that you're a Xamarin developer and a HoloLens developer, those are two of my favorite things. And I'm also from the Midwest. I'm from actually Madison, Wisconsin. So next time I get back there, I'm totally looking you up in Chicago. So awesome. thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, so next up, we have the most dangerous segment of, of Hello World. It's gonna be 24 Hertz with Scott Stanfield. All right, hey, Scott. All right, so last night we, we kind of went over this, we practiced it a little bit. So tell us and all our viewers, what is the Hello World for electronics? Um, it, it, to me, it's, it's well, the, it, in software, when we, when we learn a new language, all we want to do is write the minimum amount of code to make something show up on the screen. And it's usually the string, hello world. Um, and I found that the equivalent electronics is just making an LED light up. And, and the reason why is it's a relatively straightforward thing to do uh, to apply a voltage across the two pins to make it light up. And what I'm building to is um, up until this show started like two weeks ago, I had not made one of these things even light up. And it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, they're everywhere. They're in all of our devices. That, well, I was going to count the number of LEDs that we have around. And I just wanted to learn more about it. And I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, about 10 or 15 years ago, people were taking these little CR2032 batteries. Let me show you these little, these little batteries and um, attaching an LED to it and then a neodymium, a neodymium magnet. And then you could throw them at 
well, I'm not going to advocate for this, but you could make a bunch of these and they will stick to large steel surfaces. And that was the coolest thing. It was just three little parts. You can make this light up. But um, I, that's just a simple trick. In fact, it's the simplest possible DC circuit. So I thought um, a friend of mine um, has been encouraging me to just experiment. I was really kind of afraid to mess around with this. Um, and he said, if you're not blowing things up, you're not making progress. Now, I so I'm going to show you what we did uh, last night. And let me switch back to uh, this camera first. Uh, I do have some safety glasses on. So what we have is this LED requires three volts, but I'm about to send it nine volts. Okay, this is convenient because it's this it's the voltage from two double A batteries or three volts. But this is a lot more. It's nine volts. And if you take the negative side, um, and I just think. The cathode is like my cat who's negative and he's short tempered. So it's the short sided and I attach it to the black one. Now, when I did this earlier, it actually smelled. Um, oh gosh, this is really fiddly. Okay. Ready and go, go. Oh gosh. Oh, I already burned it. Okay. That one's gone. I have LEDs all over it. Let me try one more and I'll show you what this looks like too in slow motion. Uh, we, with the same camera I'm using, uh, we filmed last night in the dying sunlight. Oh, here we go. Ready? Watch closely. Let me try to line this. Oh, man. Two. Okay. I'm going through my bank of LEDs. One last time. It made a really cool sound. And go. Oh, geez. Okay. That was the sound. <laughs> um, let me show you this video we did last night. This was a lot of fun. We filmed uh, the same experiment in high def at 300 frames per second. Yep. And there's a couple shots, watch this. And it's gonna play it one more time at 600 frames per second. You can see, I want you to get an idea of how fast this camera is. That's just me dropping a ping pong ball. And when you have these high speed cameras, you need to give it a lot of light to make it work. So to give you a sense, like, I, like I'm not trying to capture light, um, which would be very difficult to do, but it was kind of fun. Matt and I did this. Um, in order to do this, I needed to harness all the sunlight that was out there to make this work. Um, so we only had a narrow window. Like I can see the Golden Gate Bridge here. So the sun was going down, shining on it. And like, let's just see what we can do. We didn't know what we're gonna find, but I think this is part of the experimentation. I've, and I've done it in software so much. And I want to bring that sense of you know, experimentation and passion into electronics, but also mechanical systems. And so to me, the idea of making something light up Grant, I'm going pretty deep on this. Like I've watched the 2014 Nobel Prize speech on the guy, one of the three gentlemen who's responsible for creating the blue LED. And so it's fascinating. I, and I, I want to kind of tease another show when I come back on another Friday to talk about um, why these things work, why a blue LED, what do we worry about? We may have heard about how maybe blue LEDs could suppress melatonin production. Like what, what is going on here? But then talk about how it is a game changer, a game changer in so many ways. We're going to see micro LEDs power screens. We're seeing them replace in, uh, inefficient incandescent bulbs. So there's so much more to go. And it just happens to be the hello world of electronics. That's, thank you so much, Scott. And we blew something up. And I almost put my safety glasses on over here, too. So <laughs> it was so interesting. I loved it. I love this segment. So. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's fun. I haven't hurt myself yet. <laughs> we have more time, though. We have more segments. <laughs> um, so, Donna. Me, but the world's get, 
greatest line just happened and no one appreciated this line, which is, you're not blowing stuff up. Are you even winning? And I'm sorry, Scott, but I am stealing that line and I'm going to use it forever. Next guest is the amazing Chloe Condon. Chloe, if you're not blowing stuff up, are you even winning? Also, I know you're blowing stuff up and probably you're blowing stuff up with your guest, the amazing Aditya. I think we need to make merch. merch. We have to make blowing stuff up merch. We, we just have to Absolutely. do this now. I love this. Scott, I mean, Scott's now started to meme. This is Hi, Aditya. I'm going to leave. Hey. Hi, y'all. I have a guest with me today. Um, you, this is, of course, our student segment where we showcase all of the awesome, amazing things students at Microsoft are doing. Now, Aditya, you are a Microsoft student ambassador. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your involvement with the program? Yes, absolutely. Hello, world. Hope you're all doing well. I am Aditya. I'm currently a junior here at Amity University in India. And I just spend most of my time working and chilling with tech communities and hackathons. I've been with the program, the Learn Student Ambassadors program, for the last one and a half years. Wow. And I'm currently a Gold Student Ambassador. I typically work with .NET, Azure, and yeah, Xamarin. Those are my, that's my jam. <laughs> wow, you are our first student of the week here and a gold ambassador at that. And now, Aditya, I know many of our student ambassadors are involved with the Imagine Cup, which is now in its 19th year. Um, and if our viewers are unfamiliar with Imagine Cup, it's a yearly student competition where students are competing to build projects with passion and purpose to tackle social issues in tech. And I hear that there's a congratulations in order. Is that right? <laughs> Yes, thank you so much for that. I'm just really glad our team ended up getting selected as the national winners for the education category here at Imagine Cup India. Yeah, and tell us a little bit about your project uh, that you submitted for the Imagine Cup. Absolutely. So our project Code Capture, uh, Code Capture here facilitates coding education for institutes and individuals that have limited to no access to computers. So with Code Capture, all you got to do is take a picture of your handwritten code our web app there will extract it for you and then you can just run it in your browser. So essentially you do not need to type to code with code capture. Oh my goodness. So you're saying that I can get a piece of paper, write down my code, take a picture with code capture and it will run my code for me? Yes, absolutely. Wow. And I imagine this solves a lot of problems for folks who maybe don't have devices. What was your thought process in building this project with your team? Absolutely. I think that's exactly the point that we were thinking about, because even as kids, when we grew up, I had computer science here at school, but I remember the first time I had a computer science class, um, we had three computers for 45, 50 people. Right. And it's the ratio is even crazier for a lot more people in developing countries across the world, which is about 85% of the world right now. Yeah, you're solving real life problems with this, which is what makes me so, so excited about the Imagine Cup because it's so many amazing projects like this. I love this quote uh, that you have in your presentation, which is, we aim to empower youth to be future ready by making coding education accessible to all, which I think is is uh, not only a statement that's just great in general, but definitely the mission at Microsoft as well. Um, so what's next steps with the Imagine Cup? What happens next, Aditya? All right. So right now, while we were national winners in the category, unfortunately, we just missed the world finals. But uh, we do have some plans with the project. We're going to be working, improving it. Um, we're actually trying to build this whole educational platform, a mobile first educational platform around it with virtual classrooms, curated content, teachers upscaling and a community as well. So that's the plan with Code Capture. 
Amazing. And I am so excited to see a product like this that can empower others to code who couldn't otherwise code. We love to see it. Now, for anybody out there who is watching and thinking about maybe becoming a student ambassador or participating in the Imagine Cup in the future, what would your advice and recommendation be? Absolutely. Go for it. I mean, really, the Imagine Cup, it's, it's an amazing competition. It really allowed me, it helped me meet with some fantastic people here in the industry in India. And just, you know, otherwise, there are some amazing projects, you know, you get a great peer group. And I we, we ended up solving a problem that we used to face. That's what we're working on. So you might just get a chance to do that, if nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, every time we have this segment, I just leave more and more inspired. I always want to sing Whitney Houston's I Believe the Children Are Our Future. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and visiting us. If people want to learn more about Code Capture, is there some place that they should visit online? All right. So right now we're actually revamping our platform and the UI. But if someone wants to learn, they could just connect with us. That would be fantastic. And we'd okay. love to discuss this. We just love it. I mean, anytime, anywhere, Code Capture is. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming and talking to us about it today. And I can't wait to see what is next with Code Capture. Oh, that is so great. Thank you so much, Chloe and Ditya. Uh, this is one of the most, my favorite segments. Um, it's really super inspiring, super impressive. And I love it so much. I mean, it's just Friday here on Hello World. You never know what's going to happen. And so next coming up, we have one of my, again, most inspiring segments is Diego's wall. Diego, oh, so can you, again, remind us who you are and why you're here? Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Donna, and thank you, Clippy. And hello, world. My name is Diego. I'm broadcasting live from Seattle, Washington, in the, in the United States. This is the Microsoft headquarters. I am here in my office. And uh, for those of you who still don't remember, I had the honor to collaborate at Microsoft for almost two decades on many products and human resources and developer relations. And throughout that journey, I've been putting this wall together behind me. It's a wall that is full of inspiration and quotes and ideas and concepts and colorful photos and and pages of books. And I use this wall to nurture my own sense of wonder but I also use it to share my sense of wonder with others, with you, Matt, and Clippy, and the world. So that's why I'm here, to share to share this with you. So which posts are you going to be sharing with us today, Diego? Yes, I have many to choose from, but today I want to show you this one, which is an actual picture of an insect, a flea. You can see right here, right there. And it says, be the wild flea. It's an encouragement to myself and to you, Matt, to be the wild flea. What does this mean? It's a story that I learned from the flea circus, which is something that was happening in the 1800s. And apparently the fleas is the best jumper animal in the world. It can jump 150 times their height. So it would be like you, Matt, going to the Space Needle here in Seattle and jumping higher than the Space Needle, you know. And this was a problem for the flea circus owners because they had these, these fleas and they would jump like very high, very high. And they wanted to do a flea circus. So they had, this is a true story, what they would do, they would put them on a shoebox and then the fleas would like, ouch, 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 they would hit the floor. <laughs> but they're not, they're not, they're not, so they would basically start jumping just below the wall. 
so they don't hit their head against the wall. And then after like a couple of days of this, the owner of the flea circus would remove them from the box and they would continue to jump low. So even though they could jump very high, they would continue to jump low for the rest of their life. For the rest of their life, they would jump low. It reminds me of my bicycle. Uh, do you own a bicycle, Matt? Like the, the one with a lot of gears? And do you use I do. I, you know what, Diego? I don't use those gears. I use like three gears. And as, as you know, Seattle's, I'll, I'll tell you why. I mean, as you know, Seattle's pretty hilly, right? And so when I start up the hill, I'm really stubborn. I'm like, I'm going to use this really tough gear and try to pedal up. You know, I'm going to be proud of myself. Halfway through, you know, I go down to the lighter gear. and It's like, all right, I give up. I'm going to do a little bit lighter. And then Diego, between me and you, at the very end, I just kind of, I might be pushing my bike up the hill. Don't, don't tell anybody <laughs> else. <laughs> well, it's funny. My, my bike has 21 gears, and I also use three. And then, then the reason is that we are like fleas. We are also like bikes. We we have so many gears we don't use, like those gears. So we, ourselves humans, also might be jumping lower than our capacity. And that's because in the environment we're in, our family, our school, our society, mostly at work, since this is like a work, like at Microsoft, we may be jumping at employees less than because that's what we learn. Maybe at some point, like the shoebox, it makes sense to jump low because there was a ceiling, but now the ceiling is not there and we still jump low. So be the wild flea. Why is that my statement? Because the, you have these fleas that have been domesticated and they jump low how do you fix this situation? Very simple. You bring a wild flea that's never been in a shoebox. You put them next to them and they're jumping very light. So this flea now looks at them and say, what the heck? I can't. And they start jumping high again. Uh, and that's because of a concept called social proof. You know, when you were a kid and you would do something that your mom didn't like, your mom would say, if your friends jump off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff? The answer is pretty much yes. We do what our surroundings tell us. We do what our friends do. So, yes, you will jump off a cliff. So so the idea is that we can try to be that wild flea, jump higher, and then people that are having domesticated, sometimes in poor ways, can start jumping again. And if you cannot jump higher, bring someone who can jump higher. So that's what I wanted to, to encourage all to you to be in your environment. Be the wild flea, jump higher than everybody's to, to role model. You know, that's that's the story for today. Oh, that's Diego. You're my wild flea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some homework it, for you and for the call to action, and that is yes, the following. Yes. So I was, I was, you know, jumping higher like the wild flea. That's that's leadership, you know. But leadership comes at a cost. I, I was writing this morning names of of wild fleas that jump very high. So I wrote Martin Luther King and Abraham Lincoln and Mahatma Gandhi and Nelson Mandela, John Lennon, Jesus Christ, John F. Kennedy, Harvey Milk. Great fleas jump very high, but they all pay the ultimate price. They pay with their lives. They were all assassinated pretty much. All of this. So the question is, how can you be the wild flea but without paying the ultimate price? So I want to recommend this book by Adam Grant called Originals, How Nonconformists Move the World. And it basically uses this, this, this idea of flea, but it talks about being a tempered radical. So you can be radical, you can jump high, but you can do it in a way that you don't pay the ultimate price. So highly recommend this book. And I will have more for you on Monday. I, I cannot wait, Diego. And we'll put, we'll put the link to that book in the show notes for sure. So thank you very much, Diego. As always, I love it. So Donna, what did you think of the wild flea story? Okay, there's so much to 
I am speechless. What just, what just happened? We had fleas, flea puppets. Did you not see the interloper behind you? I'm like, hello, mm -hmm. hello. What happened? See, I just Something don't happened understand. behind me? Can we bring everyone back for a second? Everyone, just, just come back, because I just can't. I just can't right now. Like, okay, so we had fleas. We had assassination. Be a flea, don't get killed, first. <laughs> Second, we had Clippy. Did no one see Clippy? Like, am I getting well, aren't, aren't you in California? I didn't. Who is this imposter? I. <laughs> it just happened. And then, like, Scott blew a thing up. And I'm like, is no one. I didn't concerned? show you the ultraviolet LED. He's got ultraviolet LED. It's just, I, I just don't understand. Like, oh, that's funny. Oh, there we go. Lens flare. Lens flare. Was this the most insane episode of Hello World that's ever happened? Like, TGIF. We, we can yeah. do better. We can do more insane next time. Next Friday. Wow. Glad on Fridays. Yeah. Okay. So can we end, start the weekend with like a very important quote? Blow stuff up. Wear your safety goggles. <laughs> Wear your safety goggles. Then. Okay, everyone. And watch out for Clippy. Two, three. Blow stuff Blow it up. Blow stuff up. up. <laughs>